Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You can tell our friends, and they can have my things when we're dead. But we are we are here for episode three of the boys cast the first podcast exclusively dedicated to the boys 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 we made it to episode three new york's out of fucking control right now in general i just so i just took the subway back home there's literally an ad on the subway and it goes my sexuality is nobody's business so that's the whole thing. I'm looking at this and I go, these people can't decide whether their sexuality is like not a big deal or the biggest deal in the entire world. Because I pretty much guarantee if I went to your Twitter handle, this person on here that was like, you know, a gay person that your entire identity is being gay. I bet you if I went to your Twitter, it's it's in the first three words, you know, like my sexual, like if you go to my Twitter handle, it's not like Ryan Long, comedian, straight. It's not, I don't have to put, I guarantee you, these people in their first thing, it goes, uh, you know, my name's whatever, Joe Johnson, pretty solid name, solid, just picked out of the top of my head, came up with Joe Johnson. That's the name. And it says, you know, queer, pansexual, whatever. Like, obviously, stuff we've all heard a million times, but you're like, so, you no, know, this is a huge deal to you. It's a huge deal to you that everyone knows that you're gay. And Sigma, who's paying for this? Like, actually, though, who's what, what organization is raising money to put a subway ad that just says, like, it shouldn't be important, your sexuality? And you're like, in, in New York City, you literally have guys walking around. I'd be a gay guy. I, I see this all the time. He'll have essentially like a thong on with his dick out. He'll have <laughs> a mesh tank top. This just the wackiest shit you can possibly imagine. And then it's like. My sexuality is not to be important. It's like, really? Because your shirt says, I'm a fag and loving it, baby. So it kind of seems like it does matter to you. And by the way, there's nothing against gay people. Gay people fucking kick ass. One of my best friends is gay, Danny Polishuk. So there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like, okay, this is obviously a huge deal for you, your sexuality. It shouldn't matter that I'm a construction worker and then you like show up to a funeral wearing construction, a construction hat, your like yellow vest and everyone's like, you construction worker? You're like, well, dude, mind your business. Jesus Christ. Like just because, oh, that's, that's all you see me as a construction worker. It's like, I mean, you literally have the hat on and it's rude to have a hat on in general and you're wearing a construction hat. So a little bit strange. Yeah. It's like, it's very, very important for people here to, that, that people know who they're fucking. Why does my sexuality matter? It matters to you. It matters to you a lot more than it matters to me. Listen to this article. Feminism makes you better in bed. So this is, this is, this is just a fun one here. <laughs> 
Yeah, so these people are fucking out of control. There, there's this blog I found, everydayfeminism.com. It's it's phenomenal. They're they're just cranking out bangers on this site. <laughs> yes! Exclamation mark. Four ways feminism can make you better in bed. Does feminism make women better at sex? Some experts would say yes. <laughs> oh, this is experts. So does feminism make women better at bed? Some experts, and it doesn't say experts, it says sexperts. What would make you a sexpert? This is what I was talking about last episode. There's just literally tons of people on the internet telling people how they could fucking be better at sex. And you're like, oh, you like how much you have sex? And you're like, I've actually had a boyfriend. We fuck like once every three months. You're like, okay, so you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. This is the, the reason why there's so many sexperts is because women can't just do anything in a small way. It has to be like very extravagant. Like I've entered the party. So when a woman's like, oh, I'm going to fuck like lots of people. I'm going to be like a, sl- a New York slut. When they start doing that, they're like, well, they have to constantly be telling people like, you know, this is sick that I'm slutty. Right. And then next thing you know, they have like a dating podcast about how much of a slut they are <laughs> because it can't, you can't just do it because they need constant reaffirmation for everything they're doing. So you have like, so, you know, a girl will be like, oh, fuck 10 guys. And then be, like literally before you know it, she's got a blog about how it's awesome to fuck. And then she's got a. You know, a podcast about dating. My favorite thing about feminist podcasts, and you guys can use this. Basically, every feminist podcast at its core is just a podcast about boys, which is such a funny way to, you know, because you're like, basically, it's like being a feminist. This is my feminist podcast. Well, it kind of just feels like you're talking about boys the whole time. Like, if you listen to most podcasts that dudes do, I would say they talk about chicks, I don't know, a fifth of the time. Like, if I'm if I'm with all my buddies... We're literally talking about everything but the girls. And literally, I think we went to Nashville and like with five guys and didn't mention girls the entire time. On their literally on our way home after fucking four days, two people fell asleep and me and my boy are in the front seat and we're like, I don't know, how's your like girlfriend, I guess? And he's like, ah, you know, whatever. What are you gonna do? You're fucking damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's the ultimate lesson in life to learn, is like, you know, whatever. It's fucking crappy sometimes, it's fine sometimes, but what are you gonna do? You got to have one, I guess. This idea that um, there's sexperts out there. I'm an expert at sex. Most most girls that most girls sex advice that they give girls is just like all this wacky shit that they can do. And which I drive I hate it. Drives me nuts, not in the good way. <laughs> when you have, whenever girls bring wacky sex things to the move the bedroom, it just drives me fucking nuts. When you're like, when you're doing stuff with someone, especially like for the first or second time and they're like, you know, and then I'm going to swing on the chandelier and I have like 19 vibrators. I've been to a girl's house and she had a vibrator like proudly displayed on her, on her uh, dresser, you know, as if to say like, what? Damn right. I'm fucking have a vibrator. I'm empowered. And you're just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not like bringing a vibrator into the equation the first time. Like just have sex like a normal human being. If you're fucking, you know what's, you know what a girl can do to real something that a girl could do? Um, if you want to make sex better for the guy, if you want to be great at sex, get in better shape. That's literally the number one thing you could do. I bet you all of these sex, you could take 9,000 blowjob courses and all of that would not be as good at just like losing 20 pounds and getting an eight pack. And that works for guys too. You know, just fucking get a bit hotter and stop doing weird shit. I need you to fucking be it. What's going to happen is I can only come if you're under the bed and then you punch a hole through the top of the bed and then fist my vagina through the hole in the bed. 
It's the only way. <laughs> it's the only thing that can make my vagina come. Dr. Pam Spur. That's the author of Sensational Sex. Am I good or am I good? Because I, I, what did I just tell you? Every, it's always going to be, it's always going to be like, this is how to have sex that's just fucking out of this world. You don't want sex that's out of this world. You want fucking the pot chick. <laughs> All right. In the past few decades, women have learned about orgasms. <laughs> it's just like voting in equal pay. Are they right? All right. You got that, ladies? Orgasms are your God-given right. It's your God-given right to have an orgasm. I'll tell you what. A lot of times I will have sex less just because girls are such a fucking pain in the ass with it. Like if you're dating a girl and every time, <laughs> every time you have sex, she's like, it's going to be like a 25-minute debacle. You know, I'm going to need the whole thing. I'm going to need to become 40 minutes, 40 times, and it's difficult for me to do on top of that. That's why guys are always just trying to squeak one out in the morning. <laughs> girls are like, I'm in a hurry. You're like, in a hurry? Let's do it. Because <laughs> you don't want to fucking sign up for the Boston Marathon before you go to sleep because you're fucking, <laughs> you had a hard day and the girl comes back. She's like, pleasure me. Girls had such a sweet deal. Girls gave up basically every fucking awesome thing they had for like good sex. You know what I mean? Because girls had basically a deal where it's like the dude would pay for everything. They kind of got to make all the decisions. And all they had to do was kind of be like, all right, let me just like do stuff with him when he wants and not be that big of a pain. And then you get everything else. Pretty, pretty fucking awesome deal. But now, because dudes will basically give up everything from money to to lifestyle choice. To, they'll give up all of the things to hanging out with their buddies for fucking pussy. Which is retarded, and you shouldn't, but that's the nature of the game. And if girls harness that power, the smart women do. Like, when you meet a really smart woman, she's not like, oh, I can't wait. I fucking, this guy better pleasure me. She's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking rinse these dudes. And I'm gonna, and then I'm going to, like, make him think he's got an awesome deal. That's what smart women do. Bad women are like, I need 45 orgasms on this fucking spot. It's my God-given right. This is my, I have the right to bear arms. I have the right to vote, and I have the—I don't know what the rights are, but you know, one. All I know is one of them is the right to a fucking good dick. That is the—they give up everything for that. So much. Okay, so you guys are gonna love it. number one. What you're into doesn't have to depend on your gender. A lot of people have anxieties about whether or not what they're sexually into is appropriate for someone of their gender. So if you—you know—if you're just a guy. And you're thinking, this might be weird that I want uh, three men to come in here and have sex with me. Is that appropriate for my gender? And I feel like my girlfriend might think it's weird that I actually want to lie on the... I, I want to lie on the bed with a belt in my mouth while she puts a strap on and then fucks, <laughs> fucks the shit, living shit out of me. <laughs> and my bed's literally covering in shit. That's why feminism allows me to do it. Thank you, feminism. Some women worry too much about being do too dominant or proactive about initiating sex. If you are the type of girl that, first of all, I'd say that 90% of women aren't that. So I'll tell you what feminism did do is made a bunch of women that aren't like that think that they should be like that. They, they come in and they're like, it's almost like they're cosplaying the character of a, of a fucking pushy sex person. They come in and like push you on the bed and they're like, get ready to be fucked, dude. And you're like, stop, just stop it. You're not this person. You ever have a, you ever have a friend that comes in and he's like, it's such a, a weak move where it's kind of like he thinks that everyone's kind of bullying him around and he's the day he's like, this is the day that I'm going to tell people to stop treating me a certain way. And he goes to his boss and he's like, I do not like the way that I'm being treated. That's kind of, 
And you're like, what are, what are you doing? You're not this person. It's, it's just, you know, you're the guy that fucking gets kind of bullied around and eats shit. Don't, if, and if you are like sort of a fucking feminine cucky dude, don't put yourself in a, the, the number one thing you could do to make your life better is don't put yourself in a situation where you're dating a girl who's going to take advantage of you. Find a nice person. That's the actual truth. I know a lot of people that are like that, that you're like, <laughs> the girl's just, they're the type of guy that just gets, you know, bitched around. Like they'd come in and they'd be like, I don't know. It's just so weird. Every time my girl's out with all of her friends, her phone just doesn't work. It's so bizarre. I guess she just, there's like a reception issue in New York, I guess. And you're like, yeah, everyone's just like, yeah, dude, that's, that's crazy that every time she's a, where'd you say she was? Oh, she's at like an NBA party. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, they don't, I know. I actually, I'm like, they don't have a reception at NBA parties. Like you're right. There's probably nothing to worry about. That's, that's a known thing that at NBA parties, it's like a bond seller in there, dude, you're good. But if you are the type of person that gets bossed around by chicks, you need to find a nice chick and uh, with a kind, like that's kind and is not going to take advantage of you because she, because if you find someone that is, they're going to, because you're like wired to be taken advantage of your mark. (laughs) <laughs> don't enter the shark tank <laughs> so when girls think that they're just like I'm the fucking I'm gonna be the man now and they push you on the bed and they start like you know I don't know what a, what a fucking shit that they do like start trying to toss you around and you're like St- okay stop this what, do you, what, do you, what is this I'll tell you what there are some guys that want to be fucking bossed around but the amount of girls that like doing that it's probably 10% so Fucking probably 10% of girls want to like boss guys around and bitch them around and push them around and whatever and sex. They want to want to be slapping you. But those the girls that aren't, which the other 30% of people that are like think that they're this person now, they're not. You're not that person. You're like coming in. I want to dominate you. And you're like, no, you don't. And she's and they're kind of like, yeah, you're probably right. I'm just going to pop back down here on my bed. I've had partners and friends say something like, but I'm a man. I can't let someone tie me up. Or, wait, I shouldn't be initiating sex with him. <laughs> but I'm a man. I can't let someone tie me up. There, as the, <laughs> so you're like, so that, that's what's happened. You and the girl are lying in bed, and you're making out, and you're starting to have sex. And then she pulls out some ropes. You go, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm going to tie you up. And you go, but I'm a man. I'm a, but me? I'm a man. I don't think anyone that doesn't want to be tied up will say that. <laughs> oh, this is a guy that really wants to be tied up, but he's like, he's, he's grappling with it. I want to be tied up. But he look at himself in the mirror like, I'm a man. Doesn't that sound like a guy that isn't a man and like is potentially gay or is potentially like grappling with the fact that he's super not manly? Can you imagine how good is it? The idea that you're like, I want to be, I want to be tied up. I want the girl to just come in and dominate me. And then you wake up and look in the mirror. You're like, no, I'm a man. No, 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 no. You're a man, Ryan. You can't let her tie you up. You're a man. Yeah. That's like, that's a, that's a manly guy. That's a guy that's, that's a guy that's obviously not manly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet 
PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sex doesn't have to follow a pre-written script. This is feminism did that. Yeah, yeah, that's feminism. I remember, I remember before feminism came along, we used to get in the, we used to go in the bedroom and I say, here's your script, uh, missionary doggy. And then, uh, hide the body. That's the, that's the script that I gave her. She goes, why does it say bury the body? It's like, don't look at that shovel, stuff like that. But then feminism came trouncing into the picture and we're like, wait a second, hold on, hold the phone. If I was to go doggy, then missionary, you're telling me that I could go back to doggy. Oh, thank you. Feminism. As soon as you start questioning some of the dating and sexual scripts, why does the guy have to make the first move? What if there are two guys or two girls? <laughs> it took this blog to, to point number two to say the guy should be getting fucked by a dude. This, you know, doesn't have to follow a pre-written script, like a guy and a girl having sex. Like, you know, maybe you toss things up. Maybe your girlfriend's not there. Maybe it's just you at a bathhouse getting fucked by three dudes. With Maybe it's just you at a bathhouse with three three Asian dudes that you met online. Whatever. It's just, oh, I'm sorry that um, 2020, that doesn't have to follow a script. Uh, honey, uh, here, I actually give you a new script. Uh, hey, babe. I was thinking we have sex and I gave you the script and she's like, I don't see any lines here for me. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I see Ryan and then Pablo enters and I, I, I mean, oh, you, oh, you're just SOC. You're silent on camera. So you're still in the script, but you're just, you're silent on camera. It's uh, me and Pablo are going to be doing all the talking, if you know what I mean, or not doing all the talking. Pablo will be wearing a ball gag. Capiche? Thank you, feminism. Why do things have to proceed in the same pattern from kissing to touching to oral sex to every time? What if you come first? <laughs> what if you do things backwards? What if you start with your clothes off, come and then gradually put your clothes on as you're having sex? Why are we following this script of what you should do? I think what should happen is it should st sex should start with having sex. You should start with having sex with your clothes off and then... And you should start with uh, having sex with a, um, an erect penis and then slowly lose your boner as time goes on and then slowly put on more clothes till at the end you're just kissing and then you walk out of the room backwards. Just something like that. You know, flip the script. Why does sex have to go from kissing to oral and then sex? Why not sex to oral? Just kissing and then you end with a final smooch. Instead of coming at the end of sex, you smooch the girl and leave. Or sorry, smooch the guy. Feminism. All right. And in, you know, and their closing argument here, you know, I'm going to skip a couple because they're boring, but in closing arguments, just because a woman takes her clothes off doesn't mean that she wants to have sexual intercourse. And, you know, also just because a man is interested in sex does not mean he's interested in anal sex. <laughs> what are you, what are you even talking about? That's just you trying to fill words. Like, those are not the same things. It's like, hey, just because like, if, if a girl takes off her clothes and starts like, you know, you start doing stuff and you start like, whatever, giving head or whatever, it doesn't mean she wants to fuck you. And you're like, okay. And also, just because a guy's having sex with you, women, doesn't mean that he wants to fuck you in the ass, okay? You're like, well, has that been a problem before? The guys are like, oh my, and the girl's like, yo, fuck me in the ass. And the guy's like, you know, that is really disgusting of you to say that because just because I'm having sex with you, for you to assume that I also want to put in your butt... 
That's fucking fucked up. How would you feel if you started, if we started uh, making out and then I forced you into sex? Like, yeah, th- yeah, those are the same things. Like, what, how are you even conflating those two things, you morons? All right. So feminism didn't make better, people better at sex. What it did was make people pretend that they're, uh, it, made, it made a lot of women pretend that there's something that they aren't. So that's what happened. Girls gave up everything so that they could get orgasms. Your God-given right to come. Moving on, just want to say a quick shout out to the boys who've been listening to the podcast. If you could do one quick thing right now, which isn't that hard, if you like the podcast, take a screenshot of the thing, post it in your Instagram story or Twitter. It's pretty easy, just like a bam, screenshot of the podcast you're listening right now, put it in the Instagram, post it, tag me in it, I'll repost it or whatever. I don't know, kind of cool, right? But the numbers have fucking grown pretty high, like, and not a lot of time, so I appreciate people listening. Okay, so... One thing that's been pretty funny is that, so I, I've had all these videos that have been kind of going viral lately. One of them was this internet tattletale video. And it got posted by pretty much every fucking person on the dark web. So every person that's been canceled, you know, from the fucking Gavin McInnes, Owen Benjamin, like Mike Cernovich, fucking uh, Stefan Molyneux, like all these, all these super canceled people fucking posted my video. <laughs> it was pretty, it's pretty funny. The thing is, when people like that post your video, a lot of people will tell you, they'll be like, people like to try to call you a Nazi. That's their whole thing. And you're like, this is the problem with the last four years. Basically, after Trump won and everyone threw a temper tantrum and the woke stuff took over, there was a, bi- a big push that said, essentially, if you're a kind of straight white guy that, you know, thinks a certain way and you're not fucking like with the program, you're kind of out of the club and we don't fucking want you. So then what happened? Because men are crafty and creative, what they do is they went to, you know, started YouTube channels and podcasts. And then a lot of people like me, who probably would have, you know, moved to America and did traditional television since I had, a, you know, millions of views and one of the most successful comedians in my country. But then what happens is they kind of say you're out of the club and then you build your own audience and do your own thing. And then they kind of come to you and, you know, when you're like really famous and they're like, hey, you should get it. You know, people, they go to people, Comedy Central comes to these people and they're like, Hey, you should do a show here for a hundred grand a year. And you're like, well, I'm making like 500 grand a year off my fucking Patreon. Why don't, why would I want you anymore? Like guys like Andrew Schultz, it's like, you know, you could have had him in the mix and then controlled him. But the problem is you push, you push these people in the trenches and you pander to the woke stuff and you pander to the wrong people. And now we're all your enemy. And they just keep making it worse and worse. They go, you have, okay, the, like all the people that probably would have been, you know, from the fucking Legion of Skanks to Come Down guys, all these super talented people. And they go, you have to be a podcaster now, essentially, because you're not going to be able to be in traditional television. And then when you're a podcaster, if you're going to do an hour a week and you're going to actually be funny, of course, you're going to be like fucking pushing boundaries and saying shit that is fucking, you're letting it fly and saying wild shit. And then they go, oh, now you can't uh, do traditional television because you were uh, the stuff you said in your podcast. And you're like, yeah, well, the reason we did this is because we were kicked out of the thing. So I think these people are just fucking burning to the ground and it's kind of fun to watch these morons. They're like, they bet on the woke thing. No one wants anything to do with it. They lost control of the press tour. Like they used to own, if they if they want to promote a movie, they used to own the main press outlets. Now like Joe Rogan does bigger numbers than all their things combined and it's hilarious to watch. Dude, I'm fucking doing like bigger numbers than most like CBC series is and most fucking Comedy Central series, a digital series. So it's just like, it's funny to watch these fucking idiots try to, like try to re-engineer society and it not work and this is goes back to what i was saying at the beginning is everyone in america is obsessed 
that all these people are obsessed with identity and then they pretend that they're not. They go, they go, you shouldn't care about like if someone's white or black and you shouldn't care about their thing. It's like, no, I don't care. You really care. That's all you care about. You go to networks and they're like, yeah, it doesn't matter if they're, if people are white, black, a woman, a man, like that doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. And you're like, really? Because you literally have pages and pages of policies and meetings saying how you'd like to design your fucking sheer, your network racially. So it kind of feels like you care a lot about race. That's all you care about. I don't care about it. I grew up with a fucking super multicultural neighborhood and all my school, half black, half white, all different sorts of people. And we didn't care. People were actually friends. We didn't start from a dishonest position where I put like, I said, oh, just by your way, I know that I'm white. So I know who's going to be friends with someone like that. I wouldn't want to be friends with someone that's like, oh, I, I know that you're this. So I need to, I, I need to tread lightly. I go, what are you, what is this? Are we friends or are we friends or am I, am, am I below you? Okay. So Michael Moore, this is what Michael Moore said today. He goes, White people are not good people. You should be afraid of white people. This is what Mike Mo- Michael Moore says. You know, the fucking 150 million white people in America. You should be afraid of white people. They are not good. Do you think that Michael Moore, when he walks into his home, and his, you know, fat, gross wife's there. I hope she's fat and gross like him. She, he walks in, you know, first he eats some food. <laughs> walks into his house. Where's my dinner? I'm Michael Moore. And then she goes, uh, Hey, how are you doing? And he goes, oh, I'm a white person, so you got to be afraid. I'm a bad boy. I'm a real bad boy. Like, does Michael Moore, that's how he sees himself. He's like, I'm, I'm bad to the bone, baby. You should be afraid. You'd be very afraid. Like, he, like, say someone cuts him off and they're driving on the freeway and someone cuts him off and, he's, and they look at him. You're like, you, I don't know if you saw my skin color, but I am, I am not to be reckoned with. We are not. I am not a good man. You know what, Michael Moore? It actually is true because you are a piece of shit. But that doesn't mean that fucking all white people are across the board are not good people. I'm not a good person. White people are not good, and you should be afraid of them. He said on a Rolling Stones pos- uh, You said on the Rolling Stones podcast, "Useful idiot." Michael Moore warned people that if they see a group of three white men approaching them. <laughs> If they should cross, they should cross the street because at least two of them voted for Trump. <laughs> so that's some fuck. That's some, some advice for Michael Moore. What world are you living in? You're walking down the street in New York City. You know, you're you know, like you're an Indian dude, and you see three white guys. They're just college kids. Three college kids walking the street, and you go, ah! <laughs> and then you run to the other side of the street, and you're like, what? And then you go, why? Why are you running the other side of the street? His girlfriend. You go, white people. <laughs> three white guys. Trump voters. And also, if you're in fucking New York City, no, three of them didn't vote for Trump. Probably none of them voted for Trump. And if you're in another place, you probably voted for Trump too, Michael Moore. Because I don't know if you know that, Michael Moore, but uh, people from different uh, people from different places also vote f- like those places. So white people from New York vote for fucking other people. And then lots of different other ethnicities that live in fucking Texas probably vote for Trump, you moron. Dude, if you go an hour outside of New York in any direction, like there's a million like Asian immigrants that are like hardcore Trump people. But Michael Moore doesn't think that because Michael Moore thinks that you're only allowed to be the way that your race says you are. I'm a white, white guys vote like this and black guys vote like this. And otherwise you're a traitor to the race, according to Michael Moore. Do you think Michael Moore crosses the street when he, (laughs) Michael Moore, Michael Moore walks through the hood? 
He walked through fucking deep Harlem. There's uh, three people, three three guys. He just hears footsteps. He sees he sees a shadow. It's a guy holding a gun. And then they watch three guys, and they walk, and they, they walk in the shadows. And Michael Moore's like, oh, my God, I hope it's not white people. And then <laughs> the three guys pop out, and it's like three super hood, like, Latino gangsters. And he goes, oh, my God, phew. Woo. Hey, guys, false alarm. I thought you were going to be white people for a second. All right. Anyways, as you were, I thought I was going to have to cross the street, but it's just fucking Latino gangsters. Woo. A close call for Michael Moore. And Moore joked that the other guys in the group of three whites are people like him that didn't vote for Trump. Just fucking sweet dudes like Michael Moore that are fucking doing the God's work. We're traitors to our race. That's how they see us. You're an idiot, Michael Moore. You're the, one of the dumbest people in the world. Do you think that's how people vote for Trump? See, like, I don't. First of all, I'm not voting one way or the other. I don't give a shit. Let me be very clear on this fucking podcast. I give less of a shit who you vote for. I don't care. If you think that Trump people say that, like a white guy goes, oh yeah, I voted for, uh, you know, I voted for Bernie. They go, you're a fucking race traitor. Like do you, Michael Moore lives in a fucking delusional world where everyone's literally in the KKK. That's how, he, that's how he sees it. People like Michael Moore are such liars. And that's, that's the problem with, you know, even like the Bernie Sanders guys, you know, I, I watch him like getting railroaded by his own party, which is like kind of funny to watch. But the problem with these guys like Bernie Sanders is they just, they start on such a, a like a lie that it's hard to be on board with them. Cause I'm actually kind of down with guys like Bernie. They seem like kind of principled and stuff like that. You know, Ber- you know, how Bernie Sanders will be like billionaires are the worst. And then they go, billionaires don't make a billion dollars. They take a billion dollars. They took the money from you. And you're like, okay, so what about a guy that has $7 million? Where's the line? And you're like, oh no, no, it's a, it's a line and it's right above me. It's like, well, by any logical, anyone with a brain knows that there isn't a magical line where you cross from being a good person to being a bad person. You know, so what if someone writes a book that makes, so, so if, if you write a book that makes $800 million, you're great. If you write a book that makes a billion dollars, you just turn into the worst piece of shit in the world and you stole that money from people. And it's just like, okay, so you're, you're a lie. You don't believe that it's not logically consistent and it's insulting to people's intelligence. And they go, they, billionaires just sit on their ass and make money. It's like the slightest bit of research or anecdotal evidence. If you fucking, if you have a brain and you do any research, you'll find out that most billionaires, if you listen to them on any podcast or read their books, most billionaires work fucking 90 hours a week. And, you know, I know a lot of people that have lots of money and they're all, they barely have lives because they're working so hard. And then look in your own life and look at the people that are successful and then look at the people that are really not successful. Who works harder? I know the idea is like, you know, this person might work 40 hours a week at a factory. That's fine. But most people that like started a business, not only do they work 90 hours a week, they're also thinking about it nonstop. They never turn it off. It's, so it's just anecdotally, it's just very dishonest to say that and everyone and I think everyone kind of like even if they like Bernie you kind of have this idea of like dude I'm kind of with you if you stop if you stop lying to me and that's why people hate that woke shit so much because it's like you know when fucking Elizabeth Warren's like trans black people you know created this world and you're like okay so that's not true obviously like yeah no they didn't so everyone knows that's not true so how am I gonna believe you like we're starting from a dishonest place so it's like, a, you know, you meet a guy on Tinder and he comes and he's like, I'm fucking seven foot four and I'm rich. And then he shows up and he's like five foot five and bald and poor. And you're like, I mean, I don't know. You just kind of lied to me out of the gate. So it's going to be hard for us to to continue with this interaction. So that's that's the problem with guys like that. And I feel like the reason why I don't think America socialism is good in America is the same reason I kind of it's, it's a negative and a positive. So the positive part is. 
You know, you always hear people say that people in America see themselves as rich people that haven't got rich yet, which is true. If you see a, if a construction worker and they're like, that's why they don't want socialism because they're like, well, when I have, when I'm have my million dollars, I don't want to give more than half my money away. When I have, when I have a billion dollars and you're like, well, you work at like, uh, you work at Target. Why are, why, how are you going to make a million dollars? And you're like, oh, uh, rap. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know if you heard. But I'm a rapper. You're like, this guy doesn't even know. They don't even know. So every guy here has some scam that he thinks he's going to make a million dollars, which kind of rules. Because I love guys like that. I mean, this is, I like fucking the guys that think they're the best, people that think they're the best more than, you know, the fucking, I'm the worst fucking ER from Winnie the Pooh. I prefer that. I remember we was once with my friends on a podcast. I was doing the Fuckonomics podcast and four of us, a joke came up and I, and then five minutes later we were talking about the joke and all four of us thought that we thought of the joke. And just like, that's how much all four of us are up our own fucking asses. All of us thought we came up with it. And like, I came up with that. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I said that. And Patrick was like, I'm 90% sure I said that. And then anytime. So I love the idea that America has this, I'm going to fucking, you don't, don't, don't underestimate my ability to get what I want. I'm going to run this fucking city. And you're like, yeah, I don't see it. But you know, you'll see these guys, they're like 45 and you're like, my music career is taking off my new company. You're like, that probably won't happen, but everyone still has a lottery ticket. And I think this is like a lottery ticket society that I fucking like that idea. Cause I think that idea keeps people fucking moving. It keeps people happy. It keeps people energized because you're like, they don't even know what I'm about to do when they hear these bars from my, when they hear my fucking bars about being Target. Yo, MC Target up in this piece. So the, because of that, like Americans are such fucking scam artists that it's always give them an inch, take it a mile. Like when we have... We have social, we have a health, free healthcare in Canada, but it's always trying to get pushed. Like there's, it's the, cause healthcare should be catastrophe insurance. Healthcare should be that if you fucking, if you get cancer or you get hit by a car, it shouldn't bankrupt your family. You shouldn't have to pay a hundred, you know, you shouldn't get a bill for $150 million and then you're bankrupted because of an accident. No, we should, as a society, we shouldn't want that to happen. And that should be something we're against. But unfortunately, what happens is, and it's happening in Canada, but it'll be worse here, is they go, they start with that, and then they're like, no, 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 you shouldn't even have to pay $100, and you should also be paying for free therapy and transition surgery, and then also it should be dental, and then it should be cosmetic dental, and then it's always pushing, 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 pushing. So it's classic, you know, and we, we Canada has a lot of scammers. I used to tour with this guy named Gary, and he fucking was just living off the government, living the, living the dream, honestly. He was 45 years old fucking never worked a day in his life just getting checks and he used to get he used to be able to get free sunglasses no he used to be able to get free glasses from his um his welfare so if you're on welfare they pay for your glasses in canada and he didn't need glasses but would still get glasses with the lowest prescription and the sunglass style, he'd get the sunglass style with a prescription and he would just wear sunglasses with a prescription. And you'd be like, why are you doing that? He's like, because I can. So if you open the door that Americans like, you can actually get therapy for free. You can get massages for free. People will take, like, I don't think you can roll back the culture that America has of fucking taking advantage of 
everything. You know what I mean? They're just, America just has such a culture of scammers that like literally if they start saying, you know, plastic surgery is going to be covered by the government, which, but by the way, if they start, this is what, that's where it goes. And then they'll say transition, you know, transition surgery is uh, covered by the government. You'll have like everyone in America walking around with like six tits. They have fucking, yeah, I just got a tip put on my back. And you're like, why? You're like, fucking government pays for it. You're out of your mind. Dude, you just got a fucking, I just got a second knee. What does it do? You know, it just looks sick, dude. By before, if government said they were going to pay for cosmetic things, you'd have like Americans, before you know it, you'd have a guy on Dr. Phil that had a $100,000 surgery to transition him girl to guy, girl to guy, girl to guy, 14 times. I transitioned 14 times in one year and the government paid for it. That's what you'd have in America because you're such a, I got, you're going to have everyone looking like fucking Michael Jackson. <laughs> Everyone's going to therapy 10 times a day. I, people have a podcast where it's just them talking to the therapist. Like, why not? He's fucking $200 an hour and the government's paying for it. So I think that's the problem with America. You would literally see people walking around with quadrillion z fucking boobs. And you're like, well, <laughs> that's what happens when you give, give Americans free stuff or fucking uh, scumbags. Anyways, moving on back to what I was talking about with the race stuff that fucking Michael Moore was talking about. And, you know, there's a lot of articles that come up and they go, five reasons why your racist jerks aren't as funny as you think they are. And I feel like a lot of people have this conversation and I feel like both sides are morons. So this is, let me break down what the actual situation is. So for, first of all, I just want to say that, so half the people on the internet are like, these young people are just too triggered by everything. And then the other half of the people are like, no, young people are sticking up for what they believe in. And I'm like, neither of you guys are young. You're in your thirties. You're going through college phases at 35 years old. You literally could have a 15 year old kid and it wouldn't be weird. You're not a young person. Like you're, you're going to be in an old age home soon with a soiled diaper screaming. The youth cannot be stopped. You know what young people are doing right now? They're listening to rap, making TikTok videos, and playing beer pong. Like, you're 10 years away from being anywhere near the pulse. Think back to when you were 18. Think of someone 30. Did they know what was hip and with it? Were they the youth sticking it to the man? No, no. This is what you are. You're the wacky Aunt Janice that comes over with her new jeweler that she's making because she's going through another new phase at 36 years old, and she thinks she's got the hot takes, and the kids are like, ugh, my wacky Aunt Janice thinks there's no such thing as a boy and a girl. That's who you are. Okay, so that said, that's one of the reasons why this whole thing is just a whole load of shit. So this is, there's all these articles, and I might actually go through this at another point, but my point was, I want to say, they go, let me, let me just give you the idea. Racist jokes remind people of the real-life oppression they experience. This is what jokes are. As a comedian, jokes are a contract between your conscience and the audience, and that's all. So you say something to the audience— their side of it is if they laugh and your side of it is if you can live with what you've said. So that's, that's the whole thing. And, and you'll be like, well, what if one person in the audience was triggered? Well, that falls under the side of your, your conscience. So for example, I have people in my life that have certain diseases or illnesses and I don't like to joke about those topics, but I don't care if other people do. It just doesn't feel right to me. Like if I say it, it just feels like a little dishonest because I'm pretending to jo joke about something. Whereas really I kind of feel some sort of ways about it. So it feels like rude to the person. So I don't do it. And that that's how your conscience, like you're like, when I, when I said this joke, I know where my heart is. I know how I feel about a certain topic. So if I do a joke about race or sexuality or gay people or woman or whatever it is, I need to feel good about that. And that's, that's my part. I need to think 
I need to feel good about it politically or whatever, like uh, culturally. And then I also need to feel good about it artistically. So I need to be able to say this and be like, I believe in this artistically. Like, I think it's a good joke. I think this is funny. I don't think this is hack. And then I also need to, my conscious needs to believe that I don't feel like this is coming from the wrong place in the sense that by my standards. So this is not by your standards. That's by my standards. That's my part of it. And then the audience gets to decide whether they laugh or not. And then maybe some people laugh, maybe some people don't. And you can decide. Someone in the audience might not be laughing. And you're like, no, they're wrong. The most of the audience laughed. So the joke did work. It was a funny joke. This person, I think, maybe here in bad faith, or they just don't see it the same way as I do, but I know where I'm coming from. And that that's all it is. So this is what they do with everything. They go, jokes are, you know, racist jokes are bad. That's step one. This is, it's the number one bait and switch that they always do. They go, racist jokes are bad. Everyone agrees with that. And then they go, oh yeah, everyone's, ra- every joke's racist, by the way. And then you then you're like, you agree to the first thing, you know, everyone agrees that you should punch Nazis. And you're like, oh, we should punch Nazis, of course. And you're like, ooh, by the way, everyone's a Nazi. They get you to agree to a thing that you're not supposed to do. And then they say everything's that thing. So that's the thing. It's like, they go, racist jokes are bad. And you go, oh, I guess so. And they go, and you shouldn't do them. Yeah, okay, I guess people might be agree to that. And then they go, oh, by the way, everything's racist. So no, it's up to you to look at yourself and decide. If you say a joke at the fucking workplace and you're with your boys and you feel, and you're like, I don't know, that kind of felt gross, which I've done a million times. I've said jokes and I, on stage and everyone laughed and their part of the contract, they were like, we like this. And then my part of the contract, I was like, I kind of feel, I don't know. I kind of feel bad about this joke. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Maybe I don't believe the thing I'm saying. Maybe it feels like unnecessarily, like the point I'm making is, is, is not the right one that I want to make or whatever it is, or it just feels mean. It feels like an un, a, a low blow to someone that I didn't feel like I just should be making. So there's a million reasons why you get to decide you're a part of it. They get to decide just like every other relationship in the world. And then a third party is wants to step in. And this is this fucking communist bullshit. They want to step in and be like, no, 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 no. I know that, uh, uh, like it's a, a guy and a girl on a date and they're like, we should have sex. And, they, and then some third party goes, oh, I know you guys had a contract that uh, you were going to decide that you're going to have sex, but I'm going to step in and say, no, no, you're not going to have sex. And actually this is a not consensual. And you're like, well, we both said yes. And we're about to have sex. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not consensual. That's what this is. You're making a joke. You don't, if you don't feel like it's racist, the audience likes it. And then a third party saying, well, no, no, no. The audience is just a bunch of morons and they're, they're racist too. What about the black guy laughing? He's stupid. That's what well, you have to think. What if a black guy liked it? Well, he's just, he's, yeah, because he's fucking socially, they have to go through all these mental gymnastics to fucking uh, justify their perspective. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up this bad boy soon with a few questions. By the way, I've been, I, I already mentioned this, but I'm pretty pumped that all the boys have been sharing the stuff. It's been very cool. I said last week, you can send me some questions. Uh, send it to my email, ryan at ryanlongonline.com. I'm going to set up a boys guest email, but that's, and then say question from the boys in the title. The reason for that is then I can search that and then find all the questions. I got a lot of people sending me questions on Twitter, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. But the problem is I get so much fucking shit on there. It's very hard to keep up. And I try to, but it is like starting to get pretty difficult. And I'm kind of figuring out whether I hire someone. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm figuring it out, but so I, I did get a, a, you know, three or four questions to the email. So I'm going to answer a couple of those questions. And if you send me a question somewhere else, send it to here. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to try to answer at least a few questions every time. So the first one, Jason Nielsen said, what do you think of the story of the nine-year-old from Australia with the dwarf something ability, disability, <laughs> dwarf something disability, who gets bullied on his, gets bullied and his mom live streamed it on Facebook. What do you think about that? And then and this guy says from one of the boys. 
boys, boys, boys. I thought when I, I watched that video and I saw about two seconds of it and I couldn't watch it because uh, I felt really bad about it. So I watched that guy, you know, the same as the other one crying and whatever. And it made me feel like, fuck, that sucks. Like whoever wants to like watch someone in that fucking situation. And then apparently maybe it came out that he was lying or whatever, which didn't really change the fact that I still kind of made him feel felt bad for him. And then when he had that... When he came out and there was all these videos of him being like, fuck you bitches. He's saying the N-word. I was kind of like, this guy like a bit rules. He's so funny. So, I mean, I'm sure that guy's life's hard. And I think this was the same as that other kid that was like, then they found out that his mom said something racist or whatever. They're trying to ruin his life. I mean, anytime the internet mob turns on someone, it almost doesn't matter what they did. I'm usually fucking empathetic with them. The only exception, and it's not that I don't feel bad for the person, but the only exception for me is when you're the type of person that fucking tries to cancel everyone. Like, that's your thing. You're like an internet canceler. And then you get canceled. I, and everyone goes through your stuff and cancels. It's like a taste of your own medicine. It's not that I fucking want... It's not that it makes me happy to see someone in pain. But I feel like that is the necessary thing to happen for people to be like, oh yeah, this is all bullshit. It's a lot of times people needed to happen to their friends or their mom to be like, oh, this is a load of shit. It's happened to your mom. Your mom needs to get canceled. So you see a fucking kid crying or whatever and you're like, yeah, this fucking sucks. And then you find out that maybe he did something wrong or whatever and then the internet's like fucking turn on him and you're like, fuck you guys, dude. Get a life. And then the other thing, and this is the last one, Lincoln Ackerman says, how did you start your career in TV and comedy? So for anyone who's just kind of found out about me from all the different things that have been going on in the last little bit, I'll give you a fucking 10 second, you know, 20 second version of like who I am. When I was like 15 or 16, I started this band called the John Stones. We got pretty famous in Canada. We had like a bunch of songs in the top 30 on MTV. Uh, toured for a long time and then kind of had a few other like side projects around the time I was like 21, 22. During that whole time, I was huge into making videos. So I was always releasing DVDs, kind of like Jackass, Bam Margera, Tom Green style. I was releasing all these videos of like me fucking with my parents and bothering people on the streets. So that was kind of happening simultaneously with the band. While that, while all that stuff was happening, I was kind of pitching TV shows. So kind of in the midst of the band, when I was like about 25-ish, I sold like a a TV show in Canada, which was kind of a real TV show, kind of cable access, but not in the like traditional American cable access. Cause we still did get paid for it. And we had like a budget and stuff like that, but it wasn't, uh, it was, it wasn't, uh, like that network is kind of a, it's a subsidiary of Rogers. It's not like a tr real traditional national network, although it would air in like a lot of markets. And then that show did really well. That led to me, that was called crown the town with Ryan long. And there's clips on my YouTube that show led to, me doing a show called Ryan Long is Challenged, which I actually, so both those shows I produced, edited them, did all the things myself, me and all my like five friends. We have a studio in Toronto, Canada, and we'd make all these things. And then I started doing all the videos for the hard times, had like a tons of viral videos. And then while I was doing that, um, and I was doing stand up this whole time, then from the hard time stuff, I ended up getting my CBC series, Torontopia. So for the last three years, I was doing this digital series at CBC while I've been doing this podcast, while I've been doing stand up. Uh, well, I've been doing my other podcast, the Fuckonomics podcast, stand up. I've, you know, I did stand up three nights, three times a night for fucking the last 10 years. And then all of that sort of evolved into like what I'm doing now, which is making YouTube videos on the internet for free. <laughs> which is, are you happy, New York? I'm a fucking podcaster. Yo. Do me a favor, take a screenshot, post the boys cast for other people. Videos come out on my channel every Monday. 
podcast comes out of my channel every Friday. All right. Peace, boys, boys, boys. Oh,